Thank you all. 40 years I've been chasing Sydney. They finally give it to me. What they do? They give it to him the same night. I'll always be chasing you, Sydney. I'll always be following in your footsteps. There's nothing I would rather do, sir. Nothing I would rather do. Welcome to WBBM In Depth. My name's Lauren Brown. Actors, filmmakers, and entertainers across the world are mourning the loss of Sydney Portier, a Bahamian American actor, ambassador, and director who in 1964 became the first black male in Bahamian to win an Academy Award for Best Actor. Today, we spoke to Michael Phillips, an American film critic for the Chicago Tribune about Portier's legacy. There's really two ways to look at a career like Sidney Poitier's, uh, and they, one kind of breaks your heart, actually. The, the, the one that doesn't break your heart is to see what this actor accomplished with so f- crushingly few uh, employment opportunities that were afforded, you know, actors who weren't actors of color. Um, it's amazing uh, to look at what he did accomplish, though, beginning in 1950 with a great film that not enough people know called No Way Out with Richard Widmark. Um, and that's a film that I think really gives you a great sense of what, what an exciting presence he was right away in the movies. And um, the part, just like that film, might be a little bit dated and you know, it's it's a racial prejudice parable that doesn't quite um, seem like today's news. I'll tell you though, in 1950, that presence and and that actor really really grabbed people's attention. And I think Poitier just had uh, that rare combination of presence and skill and a kind of grace on screen that that uh, paved the way for uh, so many more actors. And, and I, I think the tributes you're, you're reading and hearing today, uh, now that his death at 94 has become sadly a reality, um, uh, are really, really heartfelt um, memories of just how much he meant to so many people. And when you talk about some of his work, like No Way Out and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, um, The Heat of the Night, a lot of those films have been, you know, in the Library of Congress and how it kind of showed that shift in uh, that cultural shift in films, um, you know, having interracial couples on screen um, and things like that. Can you talk about how important those specific films were, not only just interracial couples on screen, but just having white and Black actors on screen together, how Sydney was able to, you know, just come to the forefront with that? Right. I I think the year that really matters in the career of Sydney Poitier and really the cultural influence he had on the movies was 1967 because that was the year you got both guess who's coming to dinner which talks about as you say the interracial um, uh, relationship that's causing such a fuss with the old guard represented by um, uh, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn in that film Uh, and the same year you had in the heat of the night which was which is of the two films, the one I'd rather see tonight, because I, I think I guess who's coming to get dinner is kind of a tough sit these days. But in the heat of the night, just because it allows that character played by Poitier a little bit of anger and, and justifiable rage when he's been playing a lot of the 1960s, Poitier has been playing kind of what became known as the cliche of this sort of, you know, too good to be true black male on screen and, and sort of sort of a sort of a, uh, a palatable image 
of black masculinity on screen. That, that was the rap against Poitier. And I think it's not, not entirely fair, God knows, because you could see what he was capable of, depending on what the character as written allowed him to do. You can see that kind of range starting to develop big time with In the Heat of the Night. Um, you know, as, as Mark Harris, uh, a wonderful film writer and historian, said today on Twitter, um, I, I don't believe any actor in the history of movies had to navigate greater cultural complexities or could have done it with more grace. He was a giant and his influence is measureless. That's, that's beautifully put. I, I can't say anything more than that. And I think that speaks right into, you know, him being the first Black male actor um, to receive an Academy Award for Best Actor and kind of helping the actors to come behind him, like Denzel Washington, who later won a Best Actor Award. Can you kind of talk about that shift um, a little bit after he won that award and then kind of opening the doors for others? The film for which uh, Sidney Poitier won Best Actor back in 1964 for the 1963 film Lilies of the Field um, it's again not not a classic, but it was a classic moment when when awarding that that Oscar to Poitier caused such an ovation among among all his peers in the Academy that people people still talk about it. It opened the door not wide enough, and and this is where it gets a little bittersweet looking back at Poitier's legacy and what he was able to do given the opportunities he had. You look at his best performances that preceded Lilies of the Field, ten years or more earlier. You know he was he was a ripe candidate for a couple of Oscar nominations way back in the fifties, and you know he never never got anywhere near him. Um, and you can also look at what's happened since then, where some years um, in the in the movie industry, this is before COVID essentially, but where you had you have very heartening years where you get like a film like Moonlight getting Best Picture. Um, and, and all sorts of uh, performers of color getting the nominations. And then you get other years where it's like 20 out of 20. Uh, guess what? It's a white wall of talent. You know, um, a lot of it deserved, some of it maybe less so. And you're just sort of left scratching your head on the sidelines thinking, wait, what about this person or that person or that actor of color? Um, it's, it's, cr it's crazy to think that Poitier's influence couldn't by now have led to a slightly more uh, diverse array of, of recognition. And uh, I just hope that, that we continue to learn from the kind of strides that talent made and the best of his peers, um, and, and we can make a better, broader future for ourselves in this country and this industry, this entertainment industry, just based on what he proved he could do. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just him being able to receive his flowers while he was alive and just being able to receive honors like, you know, the Kennedy uh, Center Honor and Medal of Freedom and just being a, you know, a, a force. Poitier really was a force and, and that's, that's a great word for him. And I think he turned out to be kind of a great ongoing ambassador for the industry and for its possibilities. And I think I, I love it that he lived a, a great long life, long enough to kind of receive the accolades he deserved and the uh, the honorary awards and all kinds of recognition. Um, you know, never, never an uncontroversial figure. Uh, in the 60s, you had Harry Belafonte, 
you know, his friend and colleague who was a little more on the front lines politically about, uh, uh, you know, fighting for, uh, for civil rights. Uh, Poitier also uh, right, right there uh, marching in many cases, but in other cases he would sort of, um, you know, leave politics to other people and uh, and he never escaped criticism because there were just so damn few black <laughs> actors of any stature who were given the opportunity to have the careers they deserve. So you have this insane amount of scrutiny and the fact that he could shoulder it all with that kind of uh, eloquence and grace and, and sometimes quiet but very firm commitment to high ideals and the way forward. Um, that there's so much to learn from how that man lived his life and ran his career, and it's a it's a much much more um, versatile career than I think people remember. He directed, you know, he directed Stir Crazy with Richard Pryor and and Gene Wilder. <laughs> he he just did he did a great great array of parts and roles, and I mean to see his performance in Lorraine Hansberry's play the film version of a raisin in the sun that is that is a galvanizing piece of work and you know when you see great material seized by a great actor eager to really just prove again but once once over and once over again how how much he had in him uh, that's just exciting today still and uh, I, I really do hope people kind of go back and rediscover the films they've probably seen like in the heat of the night uh, maybe skip some of the famous ones that don't hold up so well, <laughs> but go back to films like uh, a couple of films I really love from the 50s, uh, No Way Out and Edge of the City. Racial Parables, a little dated, but man, Sidney Poitier is terrific in both of them. We've been losing, you know, a lot of uh, legends. We just saw Betty White as well. Can you just speak a little bit about, you know, being a film critic and how important these legends are to the next generation of artists um, and the work that they leave behind, like you said, kind of being able to go back and learn from their films and be able to learn from their careers, just a note of what we can see in the future because of the legacy of these actors and actresses that, you know, put their lives on the line and did a lot of work behind the scenes to, you know, help others. Some weeks are just like this. We lose a tremendous amount of talent in a, just a few short days and it's kind of heartbreaking. Betty White, uh, the director Peter Bogdanovich, um, and now Sidney Poitier. I think the most important thing is to kind of look beyond the movies and the TV shows you know these people for and find out what else they were capable of and what chances they were given to kind of reveal to a big public what they were capable of. Um, uh, it's just, it's important to find out when these talents uh, at certain early points in their careers, were faced with a tough decision about whether to kind of capitulate and just take a certain part that kind of reinforced a certain set of stereotypes or hold out for something better. Many of them did. And Sidney Poitier, you know, was not, uh, his, his view was, I'm not going to play a lot of cowardly uh, supporting roles that reinforce certain stereotypes of the black American. I'm not going to do that. Now, you can argue with some of the choices he made to kind of correct that stereotype and go a different direction. But if you look at his best performances, they are just stunningly good. 
and and he's, he had in addition to the talent and training and just kind of the life experience that came from a very tough childhood um, and 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 a really beautifully lived long long life uh, but you look at what he's done with all that and he's left us all these signposts to the future here's how we can be. Here's what we should afford all sorts of actors. We need all sorts of fine actors of every type deserve the breaks I got and a lot more than I than I got. That was Michael Phillips, American film critic for the Chicago Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to WBBM in depth. Don't forget to subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.